0: So let's keep going. So let's go to Isaiah chapter 6. So here's a great picture, I think, of one. I, I don't know, but I like this artist's, this artist's idea. So you can see the face of the man, the face of the, uh, the lion, uh, and then you can see the eagle and the calf on this artist's rendering. Okay, very good. So let's go to Isaiah 6. In Isaiah 6, he says, verse 1, And the year that King Uzziah died, I saw the Lord sitting on a throne high and lifted up and the train of His robe filled the temple. And above Him stood seraphim. There we go. We have the word. First time we see the word. So law first mentioned for seraphim. First time we see the word. Above it stood seraphim. Each one had six wings. Notice before in Ezekiel, we only saw four wings, but they're on the earth. Now we see six wings because they're in heaven. They're representing something that's very important that we'll see in just a moment. Above it stood the seraphim, each one had six wings, with two he covered his face, and with two he covered his feet, and with two he flew. And one cried to another and said, Holy, holy, holy is the, Lord God, is the Lord of hosts, the whole earth is full of his glory. And the posts of the door were shaken by the voice of him who cried out, and the house was filled with smoke. So I said, Woe is me, for I am undone, because I am a man of unclean lips. I dwell among a midst of people of unclean lips, for my eyes have seen The Lord of hosts. Let's continue reading, then we'll finish. Then one of the seraphim flew to me, lightning speed, having in his hand a live coal. You need to notice this line having in his hand a live coal which had been taken with tongs from the altar. Did you get that? Somebody else picked it up with tongs and laid it in his hand because he's the burning one. All right, it doesn't matter. He can handle a live coal. And he and he said, and he touched my mouth with it and said, behold, it is it has touched your lips. Your iniquity is taken away and your sin purged. Also, I heard the voice of the Lord saying, whom shall I send and whom who will go for us? I said, here am I, send me a couple of things I'd like to point out here is when the live coal from the altar of God touched Isaiah's lips, it didn't burn him. It only burned out the sin. But it didn't burn him, because it is a celestial coal, and we'll see this in just a second. So here's a few observations. We'll look at these guys again and see if uh, it helps us uh, kind of uh, see this scene in our mind. So uh, the first thing you see is that they're no longer on the earth this time. They're in the heavenly temple. So what would the seraphim be doing in the temple? That's the first thing you need to ask. Okay. All the other angels we've seen, not all of them are always in the temple. So we can't assume that every angel is in the Holy of Holies. Okay, now what what is the temple? The temple in heaven is the same as the temple on the earth. It's the same. You have the outer court, you have the inner court, and you have the Holy of Holies. It's the same. So these are on the inside. These seraphim are in the Holy of Holies of heaven. So they're there around the throne of God. So he goes on to describe their six wings or I would say that with two they cover their face, that's the wings of reverence. Uh with two they cover their feet, that's the wings of humility, and with two they flew, that's the wings of service, which is really what worship is about. It's about humility, reverence and service. Uh we also noticed that the, the posts were shaken when they spoke. So they've got powerful voices so much that it shook the very posts of the temple whenever they spoke. Um, we pointed out already that they take live tongues or they take tongs, pick up live coals, drop it in their hands, and then they take the coals to Isaiah. Now, where did they get the coals? That's important because the Bible just told us that. They got the coals from the altar. Wow. Now, how many altars are there in the temple? You have the brazen altar out in the court of the Gentiles now. You have the altar, the golden altar, which is where the incense are. And then you have the mercy seat. So inside the temple is only one altar. On the outside, you've got the brazen altar, but on the inside, there's one altar. So where did they get their coals in the temple? They had to get the coals from the altar of incense. Now, this kind of tells us a little bit more about them. The fact that they got their coals from the altar of incense lets us know that these seraphim have a priestly duty. These seraphim are the same as Levitical priests in the temple, but they're in the heavenly temple. So these seraphim aren't just angels, they're priestly angels. They are representing something. So you'll see in just a moment what they're bringing. So let's go into Revelation. Revelation four, before the throne, there was a sea of glass like crystal in the midst of the throne and around the throne were four living creatures. Here we see them again. Full of eyes in front and in the back. Why does it say that? Does it mean they had eyes all over the body? No, they have four faces. So how many eyes do they have? Eight. Two on the calf, two on the eagle, two on the, on the lion, two on the man. So that's why it says they're full of eyes all around. So they've, they've got eyes on each of the faces. All right. Um, they're on the sea of glass like crystal. Let's see, go to verse seven. The first living creature was like a lion. We know what side he was looking at, right? The second living creature like a calf. There's the left side. Third living creature like the face of a man. There's the front. And the fourth living creature was like the flying eagle. So here's what you have. You have four. This is a this is a cool scene. Because you have all four of these facing a different direction. So it's like you have four, but on one he sees a lion. The next one he sees a calf. The next one he sees a man. The next one... He sees the eagle. And if they turn, you see the same four faces again on a different one. And if they turn again, you see the same four faces again. If they turn again, you see the same. So there's always those four faces facing the throne all the time. That's pretty cool. So when you see this, he sees this, that he, it's as though they have different faces, but we already know they have all four faces. It's just these are the faces that are facing the throne at the time, the four living creatures having six wings, full of eyes all around and within. So that's we've already talked about that. They do not rest day and night. Saying, Holy, 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 Lord God Almighty, which was, and is, and is to come. Now I want you to notice the next word in verse nine. The word is whenever. One of those words we really overlook. It's like okay, whenever. No, this is important. There's a time frame now. Whenever, means a particular time. Whenever the living creatures give glory and honor and thanks to him who sits on the throne, who lives forever and forever, the 24 elders fall down before him who sits on the throne and worship him who lives forever and forever and cast their crown at his feet, saying, you are worthy, O Lord, to receive glory and honor and power. For you created all things, and by your will they exist and were created. Now, When does this happen? Because if we think, now here we have seraphim saying, holy, 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 and they don't rest day and night. So do the elders just cast their crowns and put them back on and cast them again and put them back on? Are they just, I mean, when do they fall off their thrones? They can't just fall off day and night. They can't fall off every time the seraphim say, holy, 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 because they never stop doing that. So that's why this word whenever is important. Because now we're seeing a different scene. You've got to see where we're at. We're in the temple. Seraphim are bringing coals from the altar of incense, which tells me something. If you know anything about getting into the Holy of Holies, there is something required to get into the Holy of Holies. The golden censer. If you don't have the golden censer, you will die when you walk into the Holy of Holies. You have to take incense from the altar of incense and put them in a golden censer. And you have to walk around. If you've ever been to a Catholic funeral, the Catholic funeral, they'll do this all around the coffin because you're trying to create holy smoke around the, around the, uh, where we get that term, holy smoke. It goes around the coffin because they believe that's the only way you enter into God's presence. So it's very symbolic. We know that unless the high priest takes the, Sensor, he cannot go under the veil into the presence of God. So when these seraphim are taking coals from the altar of incense, we know they're about to bring something in to the presence of God. So what are they bringing in to the presence of God? Remember, I told you, Six is the number of man; They have six wings. Four is the number of the earth. So these creatures represent something. They are bringing something from the earth into the presence of God. And they have to go, they are the keepers of the altar of incense. The same as the Levites in the Old Testament. That is why when John writes the Revelation, he opens the scene seeing Jesus standing where? By the menorah. I saw him standing by the seven candlesticks. Jesus is standing by the menorah. Where is he at? In the temple. When the revelation opens up, Jesus is not sitting on the throne, interceding on behalf of the saints. When the revelation opens up, when John walks to the door, He sees Jesus in the temple in a priestly garment. He describes the garment. He's wearing the same garment as the high priest, except now it's gold and white instead of purple. He's now come from royalty to kingship. Jesus is wearing the same, same priestly garment except the colors have changed to denote that this is not just priesthood. This is Melchizedek now, king and priest. See, a Melchizedek is a title for anyone who is a king and a priest at the same time. That's what the Bible means when it says he'll come under the order of Melchizedek. So Jesus is dressed like a king and a priest at the same time. Thank you so much for supporting our ministry, If this has blessed you, please say a prayer for us. And if you would like to give, we have four ways that you can do that. You can give online at briancutshaw.com or if you're a PayPal user, just PayPal us at Church Trainer. Or you can also give through the mail at PO Box 267, Georgetown, Tennessee 37336. Or if you're a Venmo user, you can Venmo us also at Church Trainer. Thank you and God bless you. And may the Lord multiply your seed. Now back to Hope in the Word. I want to show you something real quick in the scriptures to to make my last point. Um, When Moses or when Noah gets off the ark, the first thing he does is he builds an altar. Remember that? Uh, This is a great sermon for you pastors you want to go home and preach this. He He builds the altar from the wood from the ark. He takes some of the wood from the ark to build the first altar with. And I don't have time to go into that. But I'd love to preach it for you someday. So in Genesis 8 then Noah built an altar to the Lord and took every clean animal and of every clean bird and offered burnt offerings, offerings to the Lord and the Lord smelled a soothing aroma. Noah's Praise was smelled by God. It's the first time we see God smelling praise. Sometimes we think God sees praise. Uh Uh-uh. God isn't watching our praise. Remember the garment of praise we talked about earlier? It's invisible to us. It's not to be seen. It's to be experienced. But look at this. Now, the Lord smelled the soothing aroma. Here's another passage in Leviticus. Then the Lord shall split it at its wings, but, or then, then he shall split it at its wings, but shall not divide it completely. And the priest shall burn it on the altar, on the wood that is on the fire. It is a burnt sacrifice, an offering made by fire, a sweet aroma to the Lord. Wow. I don't have this passage up there, but in Hebrews, it says that the high priest cannot go in unless he has something to offer. High priest cannot go in unless he has something to offer. So these seraphim are taking incense from the altar to take something in to God. Therefore, Ephesians Be imitators of God as dear children and walk in love as Christ also has loved us and given himself for us as an offering and a sacrifice to God for a sweet smelling aroma. Wow. Now we've gone from animals being the sweet smelling aroma to humans being the sweet smelling aroma. So what are the seraphim taking in? I've heard Perry talk about this before. He calls it the tipping point. I like that phrase, the tipping point. And it comes from this passage in Revelation 5. Now when he had taken the scroll, the four living creatures and the 24 elders fell down before the lamb, each having a harp and golden bowls full of incense, which are the prayers of the saints. Now. In these golden bows you have the prayers of the saints and they sang a new song. There's two things here together. You have to remember in the inner court there's five stations to get to mercy. So the Old Testament is, the, is, a, is a throne of grace. So how is it a throne of grace? Five is the number of grace. You gotta go through the brazen altar, the laver, the menorah, the table of shoe bread, and the altar of incense. When you go through those five stations, the next thing is the Holy of Holies and the mercy seat of God. You go through five stations to get to mercy, a throne of grace that leads to mercy. Grace gets you mercy. But the last station before you go into the throne room is the altar of incense. So what's going on is these bowls are filled with prayer and worship. And when these bowls are full, that's the tipping point. That's the whenever the seraphim come in. The seraphim always say, holy, holy, holy. But now they say the bowl is full. They've been worshiping someone has been praising you and they bring in your worship and prayer mixed together. What kind of worship is it? Worship in sacrifice, worship in battle, worship through successes and worshiping by faith. I bring in the four levels, the four types of worship from my life. And when it's full, the seraph, the seraphim, the burning ones take the coals and the bowls And pour it out. And I'll close with this. Because when the seraphim pour it out, God breathes it in. Okay, what follows inhale? Exhale. (gasps) Praise. God breathes in the aroma. And He exhales. (sighs) Ruach. God breathes in praise and exhales glory. God breathes in your worship. But when when God breathes out, mountains move. When God breathes out, Mm -hmm. demons flee. God breathes in your worship. But when He breathes it out, that's the same word used for the parting of the Red Sea. God breathed. It's the same word used for Adam and Eve, for Adam coming alive. God breathed. It's the same word used all throughout the Bible, over and over. When the quail came in from the sea, Ruach, God breathed. Every time God breathes out, miracles happen. He breathes in your worship and He exhales glory. That ends our lesson for this session five. All right. This program is brought to you by the partners of Brian Cutshaw and Church Trainer Ministries. Please help us pray that the Lord will continue to send us more partners so we can expand His kingdom around the world.